Biggie. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, this goes out to Biggie. What is up, daddies? Welcome to another episode of Pod Me Daddy. I am Tyler Hazelhurst, joined by the Keeper of Tomes, Alex Wilson. What's going on, buddy? Not much. This whole new setup right here with the... We're going remote. Yeah, we are going remote. We're recording this over Skype this week. COVID is hitting the entire country hard, and we're just trying to stay safe. So uh, we're going to give this remote recording a try. John would be so proud of us. John would be proud of us. How's your week, buddy? Week's been pretty good. Uh, as some of you saw on Facebook chat, I got a new puppy. Yeah, Rain Dog in the house. Rain Dog. Have to get a Rain Dog drop. Yeah, just maybe a cracking of a beer or something. Or oh uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, other than that, though, I mean, went zero and three in fantasy football this week. Lost some heartbreakers. Yes. Uh, Rode the Chris Carson train pretty hard this season, so that really hurt. It did indeed. Hopefully he's not out long, though, for your sake and for the Seahawks' sake. Um, how's your week been? Uh, good. I went 3-0 and this week. Uh, rode that big game from Tyler Rocket in my two Yahoo leagues, so that was nice. And I just thoroughly demolished the Ticklers this week. Oh, he got tickled so bad reversely. Yeah, I basically just like pinned him down at the beginning of the game and just started started going at him. <laughs> but the real sad news of the week was the Seahawks finally losing. It's a bummer. Hopefully it's a wake-up call for the defense because the offense played pretty well. Even when we lose both Chris Carson and DK, offense still hums. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Carson loss was huge, I feel like, for the pass pro. Uh, yeah. that, was, that was when you just saw... Uh, DJ Dallas back there blowing blowing the the pass protection. So hopefully he if he is the starter this week we he gets some uh, reps at practice so he's not you know suffering to that Niners defensive line as well. Yeah, still not sure what he was doing on that sack for Russell in the overtime or fourth quarter or whatever and just let the guy yeah. through. Yeah, he looked he looked lost out there. Big loss is evidently Travis Homer. He's our pass pro guy. Yeah, I don't. Do you even know what's wrong with him? Uh, I have no clue. Yeah, he's like so fantasy irrelevant that I just kind of like walked over that injury. I was like, well, he's gone. <laughs> but then when DJ Dallas missed that block, I kind of missed him. Yeah, definitely. He is good at certain things. Um, and, I mean, the Cardinals are good. Yeah, they are good. I'm definitely worried about them. I think they're our steepest competition in the division. Uh, I'll, we'll see how the Rams do against us, but I think that the high-powered offense and the Cardinals and the way Kyler Murray just looks so calm out there, yeah, it's going to be tough. I didn't. I never saw the video. I heard though, in his touchdown to um, DeAndre Hopkins, he was just mm. smiling right before the play, knowing it was going to be a touchdown. So that play to me was definitely planned. He definitely knew he was going to Hopkins the whole time. He didn't look anywhere else. Yeah, so maybe he wasn't ready. I just thought they were trying to throw off the defense to get that extra second. Do you really need to throw off the Seattle defense? Because they throw themselves off right now. True, true, true. Back to Sky Me Daddy. We got some. Uh, we got a few people on a roll right now. Nick with two wins in a row. Carly with two wins in a row. And I think James has got three wins in a row. Yeah, Nick's coming on strong with his two wins in a row. I'm pretty sure he's not too happy. I think he wanted... That Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, but yeah, I mean he is in eleventh place now, so he's still seemingly close, but a whole two games ahead of Matt, so it's gonna be hard to catch him in reverse. League in general is just three games separate, three or four games separate second to eleventh, so everyone's still in it. Definitely, and then we have the uh, Alex Carter's team and Kyle's team also are sliding right now. It seems like that's that's also contributing to the. The parody in the league. Yeah, did they both hit the two losses in a row this week? I know he's at least on a two-game losing streak where he hasn't scored above 100. So yeah. it's rough yeah. rough out there for the Hulks. Yeah, the Hulkamaniacs suffering, especially that running back position. Antonio Brown to the Bucks this week also. That was big news. I mean, they didn't look like they needed Antonio Brown at all this week. That's true. Yeah, five touchdowns from Brady without him. But uh, Mike Evans, not fully healthy. Godwin now surprisingly broke his broke a finger. Didn't tell anyone for like a day and a half. 
Yeah, some people might like try and trade for him and then find out a day later that he broke his finger the day before. Yeah, Alex in our South Prop League uh, traded for him while he had a broken finger unknowingly. That's rough, very rough. Hopefully I can still make the playoffs, though, and if he comes back, I think he's I think he's still in line for those catches, whereas um, I think Antonio Brown goes more than Mike Evans and maybe Scotty Miller, who's getting a ton of work right now. Yeah, Scotty Miller, like right when he's not on anyone's fantasy football lineups, uh, just goes off because he's like, ha ha, ha ha, that's what I imagine he sounds like. <laughs> just kind of uh, like a troll. Yeah, just like a little troll. Ha 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 Yeah, Dallas offense, red alert in the Dallas offense right now. Jesus Christ. Yeah, without Dak, they're looking bad. We'll get more into the into each player individually as we go through the matchups, but. Yeah, it's, it doesn't uh, look good. The transition to Dalton has not been a smooth one. Uh, you want to get into the games? Yeah, let's do it. Can we skip one though? Oh uh, no, let's just get it out of the way first. Oh, uh, we got we got Premier Plush one seventeen point oh eight, the kid one sixteen point seven six. Sorry, buddy. It was it was a rough one. I I thought I had it in the bag. Uh, going into Sunday Night Football, just needed nine points from Chris Carson and Robert Woods. And I was looking back on all that. In games that they both play, they've never gotten less than nine points combined. Yeah, I I honestly, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm a little football fatigued right now. Once all the daddy games I thought were in hand, I I turned the game off because the Rams had the game in hand at, at that point, too. And I was like, well, whatever. Carly and I really want to watch a scary movie. And you texted me and were like, I think I might I might lose to John on the, that Robert Woods fumble. And I was like, holy. I didn't even realize it until probably a few minutes later it hit me. I was like, wait, where did that fumble put me? And I looked and I was down by point three, two. Yeah. That's rough, buddy. Sorry. Small margin of victory there for John. He remains in 10th place. Alex moves back one spot to 8th. Player of the game, I had Daniel Jones. I had Daniel Jones, too, but I wanted to give a big shout-out to Baker Mayfield. My daddy, he had uh, his best game ever, fantasy game ever, 297 yards and five touchdowns, and that's without OBJ. When I was picking my player of the games, I just immediately looked at John's team and I was like, oh, yeah, Daniel Jones with that huge 80 yard touchdown fumble or not fumble, but stumble. The stumble, Uh, yeah. The stumble. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's definitely the player of the game. And then after I'd written up my whole thing about Daniel Jones, I looked over to your side and I was like, wait a second, Baker Mayfield, five touchdowns. Yeah, that was another player of the game for sure. Those two quarterback young quarterbacks doing well. Both hopefully have good futures. At least one, I hope, does. Yeah. Daniel Jones, three passing touchdowns coming in into this week total. And he threw for two tutters this week. So trending up for the touchdowns, maybe. But, you know, that that NFC East is just going to kind of cannibalize on themselves and give each other like pretty good fantasy performances, I think. Yeah. I mean, now that he got Sterling Shepard back, it's another weapon in the book. And people don't have to automatically just say Slayton. Maybe Golden Tate, who hasn't really performed, but definitely spaces up the defense a little bit. Still doesn't worry people, I guess. But Yeah, also I kind of highlighted it last week in our trivia section, but uh, he was four for 92, obviously the big run. But just uh, Daniel Jones is at this point in his career so far like a rushing quarterback, and I just kind of wanted to highlight that he does have that bump at least. like It gives him like a safer floor, I think. I'd be scared, though, because... He got an 80-yard run, which was majority of his running. Right. So it was kind of just one big play, one broken play. Can he do that consistently, though? That's true. This this game maybe wasn't a good uh, a good showing of his consistency at running the ball, but I do think the numbers are there. Uh, yeah. Flop of the game, I had Robert Woods. Obviously, cost you the game. More rushes and rushing yards than receptions. Four for 23 on the ground and three for 22 in the air. He definitely didn't perform this time. I don't blame him too much. Rams offense didn't look great against Chicago, who's got an up and or not an up and coming defense, but definitely are improving a lot where they were a few years ago. I think they're a scary matchup for anyone that plays them. They got a lot of confidence. 
Yeah, and I, I, I think that Woods is suffering a little bit from them just being, uh, like you said, a better defense and just being tighter on the ground, running safer plays down the field. They don't with the good defense, they don't need to score that many points. So I think that's yeah. why we're seeing a little bit of regression from Woods this year. One more thing on Robert Woods and then it's over. But I was looking up the stats <laughs> and I uh he fumbled it, but he got a four yard loss on the play, which put with those point four it put me below. Uh, yeah. If he would have fumbled it at the line of scrimmage, I still would have won. That's interesting. I, I feel like a fumble should just be a fumble. Like you should just get the negative points with fumble. If you run five, year, ten yards back and then fumble, like do you get really have to be charged those extra ten yards also? I mean, maybe we'll get a stat correction or something tomorrow or Friday. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Cross your it's fingers, happened, John. It, it's happened before. Yeah, this year. Worst benching of the game. I had Deontay Johnson returning nine for eighty for two tutters. Uh, whenever he's been healthy and playing, which has not been often this season, but he's been kind of a focal point for Roethlisberger. I think he likes him a lot. He really does. Which surprising. I would say he hasn't gotten the toughest defensive matchups. They definitely put Butler, Butler on yeah. on Claypool the whole game. Yeah. So I don't know if he's getting the best cornerbacks match or he's getting the best cornerback matchups resulting in good points. Yeah, I think that it's just to me, it's strange that Ben is so focused because, you know, you got Juju or Claypool or Deontay Johnson now with a little bit of Washington mixed in the the development of those wide receivers, I think, is so important for fantasy football, because like who when they're all there, when they're all healthy, what's it going to look like? I think that they're they have such a dynamic offense. They're just going to play whoever has the hot hand, whoever has the good matchups. Makes it hard to predict for fantasy football. I went with a different worst benching. I went with Keenan Allen, who had 10 receptions, 125 yards for the gun gunslinger back there at QB, uh, Justin Herbert. Herbert. Uh, he's only had one bad game at 5.7 but that was with Tyrod Taylor who's not quite the doesn't have quite the arm so I thought Keenan Allen had quite a safe floor but decided to bench him I do think both those guys deserve probably to be in the lineup he was trying to get that big bounce back on the maybe big balls Pete start of the week from last week but it didn't work out yeah I think I might have started him over Robbie Anderson just because New Orleans is such a hot or cold defense. But I can't blame him for playing Robbie Anderson. He's been on fire this year. Also, we do have to say that both these guys were coming back from injuries, and that is always a like a pause for a lot of guys. Yeah. Some guys are totally fine. Other guys, you know, they they get one point and go out again. So it's it can be tough to predict. We got a puppy. We got a puppy sighting. Rain dog in the house. Rain dog in the house that's the beer opening sound <laughs> uh yeah overall like solid floors from john's players uh he had one flop player who was dalton schultz i guess and alex you kind of had you had the carson injury early that was a kind of a flop play because of that woods with the fumble and only four points and then gabe davis you had to play him because you know you're so wide receiver strapped it's hard but that's, yeah that's that's why i think he beat you Tim Patrick, I thought about starting, which would have won me the game. But because of the snow, I decided to go with Gabe Davis instead. And you would have thought that the Jets would have been a good defense to play. Yeah, Jets are usually pretty uh, solid to play your fantasy players against. Do we have a do we have a record in this game? We did. After I broke the record two weeks ago, John now broke the record against me with the closest win at. 0.32 points, beating out me versus Dan two weeks ago at 0.34 points. Oh, man. How quickly the tables turn in fantasy football, my friend. I assume that's this is how Sean Alexander felt the year after he broke the record when he only yeah, had L- one year. LT was like, hold my beer. <laughs> All right, moving on. Dads and grads, 147. Mommy Ticklers, 89.58. Suck it, Kyle. Uh, I move up one spot in the second, and Kyle moves back into third place. Not too far of a drop. He's still in there. He's still and in there. 
potentially getting Christian back this week. Can we pause for a second on the games and just talk about the uncertainty at running back across the league for fantasy football? You've got the the Seahawks situation. You've got the Niners situation. You've got uh, New York is kind of, New York Giants is kind of a question. Tampa um, Bay. Tampa Bay. Uh, and then, yeah, the Christian, like, uh, oh, uh, the Eagles, the Panthers. It's crazy all over the place. You're like, okay, who do I start? Who do I pick up? Waivers last night were crazy. I mean, there's there's definitely not any more for sure running back ones. You start them every week. I mean, there are. There's probably five or six. But I think besides those, you kind of are guessing every week and every season. Yeah, for sure. You got to you got to be on Johnny on the spot. You got to make some bold predictions. You got to shoot your shot. Yeah, who would have guessed James Robinson number 3 this year so far? Yeah, that kid is killing it. Uh player of the game, I went with Kyler, 34 for 48, 360 yards, three tutters, one INT. Uh it's tough for me to pick him when he beats the Seahawks, but he was really good in that game. Yeah, he was Basically untouched the whole night. Still holding the number one quarterback spot in the duel with Wilson. Wilson does have the bye, so we'll see what it looks like after this week. Average points per game. But they're, they're, those two, I think, are in a clear tier above the rest right now. I mean, we'll have to look out for Brady coming up because after four, five touchdowns and then getting A-B and having all those weapons, he doesn't have the, the rushing yeah. points, but he can That's take that over once. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Kyler is 14 rushes for 67 yards and a TD in the game. I think that rushing floor for Wilson and Kyler just every single week um, puts gives them that bump. But Brady, if he keeps throwing five touchdowns a game, he will definitely be contending up there as well. Flop of the game? Mine is Zeke. Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. I agree. <laughs> 45 yards, one recep- reception, six yards. And he's not looking like he's the running back this year. Um, His remaining schedule is Philadelphia, who's 26th against the running back. Pittsburgh's 32. Minnesota, 15. Washington, who they just played. And he got the 5.6 at 28th. Baltimore, he's get, get Cincinnati, who's a good one. But then to finish out the playoffs, you got San Francisco and then Philly again. Yeah, it it looks rough. I traded him away in our seasonal league. Not a lot I can do in Dynasty. I just have to treat him differently, I feel like. it's He is still, I think, he's going to start being in more of a committee with Pollard at this point. But I think he's still the alpha. But yeah. and you can't really say that about a lot of guys. So it's kind of like I just have to treat... I have to treat him like a, a lower end or mid range wide running back two instead of a solid RB one. It's a big loss. Totally agree. And I think they trust Pollard a lot better in the pass protection. There's a few blocks that he missed. And when you have Ben DiNucci back there, you kind of need to protect him, especially with a pretty poor offensive line. Yeah. We'll see uh, what, how it goes against the Eagles. Eagles traditionally have a very good front seven. If, Danucci's out there running for his life all night on Sunday night, like he might be, then I think we might see a lot of Pollard. But I also see that there could be the opposite game strip where they're just like, we're going to be so careful with this guy. It's going to be Zeke, 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 Pollard, 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 Zeke, 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 Pollard. You know what I mean? Like just a, yeah. a complete rushing game and take all of the pressure off Danucci, even if it means they're going to get killed. It'd just be hard against Philadelphia. You can't really run down there through the line. Um, but yeah, I think he definitely ha- doesn't have the ceiling this year, but once he gets Dak back next year, I think he still does have some dynasty value to him. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he's going to start getting up there in age for a running back, but I, I mean, he's still Zeke. I think he's still going to have starting potential for at least a few more years, but maybe we are seeing the last of his, you know, top three, top five potential my other kind of flops for this game were Kyle's starting wide receivers, Mike Williams and DK, just total flop performances. DK, I'm a little bit nervous about at this point, starting against Arizona in three or four weeks. He's got two receptions for 23 yards in two games against Arizona with Patrick Peterson guarding him, and that's just not going to cut it. I just think he's more. he was more of a distraction. You had Lockett going off. You're not going to change it. 
so far he's got 17, 17, 20, 16, 24. I think it's just an anomaly. Oh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying anything bad about my boy DK. Don't don't yeah. get me wrong. I just mean in those Arizona matchups, I think it's one of those things. Like we were talking about, I think last week with the the Browns players and when they play Pittsburgh or when they play Baltimore, it's like a that's one of those things that until they prove me otherwise, I'm I might actually consider like sitting those players yeah. against those teams, specific teams. I'm not giving up on DK though. He's amazing. <laughs> Worst benching of the game, I had Boston Scott, my boy. I traded for him this week, and I just couldn't fit him into the lineup. Uh, and it was looking good until the, the last play of the game, and he scored that touchdown. Yeah, I really pushed him over. But, yeah, like you said, I wouldn't blame you for not starting him over. DeAndre Swift and Elliott. Yeah, but- uh, so for we were talking about that NFC East when they're going to play each other a lot. So when you see running backs playing against the Giants or playing against Dallas, you play them. And when you see running backs playing against Washington or Philly, maybe you're sh- shying more towards the wide receivers in those games. Yeah, those those front sevens have been shutting guys down on Philly and, and Washington. That's how he basically won outside of Carson Wentz. Kyle got tickled. Got tickled. tickled. <laughs> that tickles. <laughs> That's your drop, Kyle. I'm going to play it for you as soon as we're back. Uh, moving on, Daniel's team, sexual macaroni and cheese, 146.06. To Nick, everything is awful, 194.36. High score of the week. Congratulations, Nick. And he thought he was rebuilding this year. Yeah. Uh, was it, is this two high score weeks in a row actually for him or am I no, this is, his first, this is his first ever highest scoring. Oh, congratulations, Nicholas. Welcome back yeah. to Seattle. Welcome to the high scoring club. You earned some money. Nick remains in 11th place. Daniel moves back one spot to fifth place. Uh, Daniel was looking like he was going to definitely win this game actually going into Sunday night football. And then the explosion from Tyler Lockett, my player of the game, 15, for 203 tutters. Player of my heart, too. Oh, yeah. So there's the DK play in the game where, uh, you know, the obviously the rundown. We'll call it the rundown of Buda Baker. Uh, yep. But but that Tyler Lockett touchdown that he caught going, like, right up the middle in the end zone, jumping right over his shoulder, defenders all over him. That was amazing. Just dragging that second foot. Are you talking about his third touchdown? No, I think I'm talking about his second one where he, it was just that giant arc pass and it just went right in the breadbasket. Okay, yeah. I, I thought that was the, the best one, but they were all good. Obviously, the toe drag swag is always is always fun. But I thought I even just, his first catch was maybe the most impressive, just a floater, first few plays of the game right over Patrick Peterson, of all people. Pulls it in yeah. one-handed. Yeah, that was interesting also to see Russell that early in the game Maybe it was scripted, but go to Tyler against Patrick Peterson and then have DK be the the decoy and not go after uh, Patrick Peterson for most of the rest of the game, especially when he went to DK over Gilmore back against New England. I just just don't really get that, but they must have liked something out of the bye. They watched a lot of tape. Yeah, definitely. Got to give a uh, shout out, though, for player of the game, too, to James Robinson. 119 yards, four receptions, 18 yards in that, and two touchdowns. Yeah, and moving into that number three uh, daddy running back spot, uh, he's he's going to be a valuable piece moving forward. Hopefully. We'll see what they do with all those picks. Yeah. I just think that if he keeps doing this well, I would lo- I would look at it and be like, man, maybe we should use those picks elsewhere. But also, running back is one of those spots where you just need lots of guys. Yeah. Especially as the Seahawks are finding out right now. And we have uh, a lot of guys. They just all get injured. Yeah. Uh, flop of the game, CD Lamb, man. It's getting scary out there for Dallas wide receivers. One rush for one yard, zero receptions on five targets. Can you trust him anymore with Ben DiNucci back there? Definitely not with DiNucci. I don't even know if you could trust him with Dalton, though. I mean, Dalton played most of that game, and he looked like this. So I, I'm honestly, as hard as it might be, I'm probably sitting all Dallas wide receivers, into, obviously, while DiNucci's out there, until we see how he does. Who knows? Maybe he's some phenom that nobody knows about. 
But I'm sitting all Dallas wide receivers, at least in, until Dalton is back from the concussion, healthy and looking like he's got the offense under control. I will say they showed one pass of his in on red zone. It was Tamari Cooper, and he hit a pretty good window, but it was late in the game. So I wouldn't say to think much of it. Yeah. Uh, benching of the game, Gronk, man, what are you doing, Daniel? He was He was my player of the game for you last week. Got you the W, and he goes five for 62 and a tutter. Another eight targets. He's got a giant target share in that what is now becoming kind of a convoluted Tampa Bay off- offense. He's going back to his New England ways. They really, Him and Tom really like each other. He's gotten seven receptions, three, six, eight, eight targets the last five weeks. So that's... Hard to get from a tight end getting that many targets, especially high-quality ones in the end zone. Definitely. Yeah, uh, Lockett's big day kind of overshadowed the big day from Adams. Adams also had a 40-point game, but, you know, that's that's nothing compared to what Lockett did. It was impressive, but not impressive enough. Not impressive enough. On to the next one. Hulkamaniac, 72.42. Ouch. Uh, versus who run the world? Girls, 111.46. Uh, Alex Carter moves back two spots into the sixth spot, the bubble spot. And Carly moves up one spot into ninth. Player of the game? Joe Burrow, or I would even say the Washington football team's defense. Yeah. what? It's. I think Dallas is now one of those... Uh, you got to start the defense against them. Definitely going on waivers, trying to find their whoever they're playing. Yeah, but. so I picked up Philly last week to stream while the Ravens were on by, and this week I keeping Philly, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to play them, uh, and not play the Ravens defense. I know that sounds crazy, but I I think the Dallas matchup is so good. That's yeah. kind of where I'm leaning right now. Yeah, even I mean the Ravens are playing Pittsburgh this week, so. That's a hard matchup. I think it's going to be higher scoring than we think. Definitely. Uh, Burrow, though, his best game of the season, 33.64 fantasy points through three tutters. Um, I think he might have rushed for one, too, but 406 yards. He looked good. And he moves into the 12th spot on the season, so he's finally officially a starting quarterback in fantasy football. Quarterback one area. QB one. Alert. Uh, he's looking good. He's the guy in Cincinnati, so that's a good quarterback for the future. Definitely. Flop of the game, I put Newton, man. I He is in complete meltdown mode. Uh, only 9 for 15 for 98 yards, and he threw three picks, and he only got 19 rushing yards, so he's just a, a total collapse right now. I completely agree. Flop of the game, flop of the week, maybe even got benched. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I didn't. I could, you know, they came out this week and were like, "Hey, oh no, Cam's still our starting running back, or our quarter starting quarterback." But but they benched him like pretty early on in that game. I guess they just thought it was over. I mean, it was over, but <laughs> yeah, they're trying. I mean, it sounded like they were trying to give my boy Jared Stidham some, but he threw another interception. So he's just learning. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, they're just going to be a pick pick monsters out there in, in New England. I, I officially think it's over unless they make some giant change. Although, if any coach was going to do it, I guess maybe it's uh, Belichick. He's not that invested in Cam Newton, so I could see him just being benched, seeing what they have in Stidham, and then if that's not if that doesn't work out, they can very easily draft a quarterback next year. Yeah, I definitely think Hoyer is out of the picture at this point, and it's going to be between those two guys and the trade deadlines here. If not, it's just going to be uh, just going to be those two guys the rest of the way. So maybe one of them will turn a corner. Uh, benching the game, I don't know if Alex Carter didn't see the Aaron Jones news, but Jamal Williams, 19 rushes for 77 yards and a tutter. I thought he was an automatic plug and play, especially on a team as running back needy as Carter's. I don't blame him for his Jarek McKinnon instead. Yeah. I don't blame him for that because, as we saw in the New England game, his counterpart, Jeff Wilson's, had 120 yards, two receptions, and three touchdowns. He just chose the wrong running back. That's true. Uh, but I just think that Williams, thus far this season, has looked... Uh, he's had some other good games. Uh, he had a 14-point performance. 
eight six. It's just like he's the, you know, I think there was some a- AJ Dillon worry maybe, but Williams outtouched Dillon nineteen to five in the game. And so I, I just think if you don't know who it's going to be on the Niners, you're guessing it's McKinnon. I'm pretty sure we kind of knew it was going to be Williams. Yeah. So that's why I think the safer pick was maybe Williams. But he might, he also might not have seen the news. It was kind of a late late in the week breaking news. Yeah. I think my benching of the worst benching of the week might be Christian Kirk. As Dan was pointing out to me on Sunday Night Football, he scored a touchdown every week that he's been traded to Carly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that she, she might be the, or he might be the best player that came out of that trade and was kind of the one we weren't even talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, if this, if he traded, if, if that trade marked that, finally that switch on for Christian Kirk, Dan's going to be kicking himself for a long time. The trade in sky me daddies is what's turned him on. Yeah. He was like, Oh, I've got a new daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's time to ball out. It's the new coaching. He's really taken to the coaching style of who run the world. Yeah, definitely. She's just coaching him up out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's hard to hard to win when you have negative performances uh, from your quarterback and from a running back. And that's why she beat him. And and she, Carly also had some devastating injuries for the future of her year with uh, with Kenyon Drake and Odell Beckham going down. They didn't put Kenyon Drake, though, on the IR. So. Does that mean that they're hoping he comes back soon? I think so. Yeah. Or well, sooner than later. If I mean, maybe yeah. two, th- maybe they've got the bye this week, right? Maybe the maybe they rest him another week and then maybe he's good to go. On to the next one. How now Brown Cows, 154.5. Wild ass manatees. Hold my manatee. 136.56. Colin moves into first place. First Dan- place. Yes, congratulations, Colin. New first place daddy. Uh, and Dan moves up one spot in the seventh, right right on the other side of the bubble from Carter. Yeah, the before this week coming in, these were the only two teams to get 90% kind of correct in their optimum lineups. And they did it again, 92% and 91%. Yeah, I when we when we were, when I was looking at worst benchings again for Dan's team, Dan just like sets the best. Is it he sets the best lineup, or he just is never given much of a choice? It's probably not much of a choice, especially with Sam Darnold not performing very well. But when your bench is Devontae Freeman, Benny Snell, Michael P. Ryan, Perriman, so on, so on, you kind of only have a few choices here and there. Totally. But same uh, kind of with Colin. I mean, he's in the 90 percentile two of optimal lineups. Just a few other quarterbacks to choose from. Yeah, definitely. He's got the quarterback choice, but other than that, like he's not playing Des Bryant and Antonio Brown yet. Yet they're coming. Yeah. Uh, Player of the game, AJ Brown, six for eight for 153 and a tutter. He had a huge touchdown run in this game. Uh, Four tutters in three games since he's been back. You and I both tried to trade for him in South Prop from Daniel. We we're trying to snatch him away from him. Yeah, but he's got a hard hard schedule coming up like you. Talking about Chicago, Baltimore, Indy twice. Does the schedule even matter, though, for A.J. Brown? I think with a few of those games, Chicago and Baltimore for sure, I think that they have the pieces to just pressure Tannehill. I think those might be, those might be Derrick Henry games. Any of them could be Derrick Henry games, which then would take AJ Brown kind of off the off the scoreboard. I think there are the scenarios where on those teams that they're going to beat pretty thoroughly, it's going to be Derrick Henry and pretty much nothing else. So those might be the ones I'd look out for for AJ Brown in the future. Especially as it gets colder, that's Derrick Henry season. Definitely. Do you have a different player uh, in the game? I wouldn't say score wise he was a player of the game, but Amari Cooper. He, he got seven receptions, 85 yards, but with Danucci and Dalton throwing in the ball, like we talked about, I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. I think that when, whereas before the Dak injury, we were kind of looking at all the wide receivers in Dallas being like, wow, they're all kind of plays or whatever. I think we might see Amari Cooper be that alpha for, for the younger, more, like other guys. Um, you know what I mean? Just like the, they'll be like, oh, he's the he's the guy. We go to him 
he's our first read all the time. Yeah. But like I said, with the, the schedule coming up, coming up, they, he might be getting a lot of number one cornerback matchups, which be pretty hard to catch the ball then. Yeah, definitely. And my flop of the game was Dalton nine for 19 for 75 yards and a pick exited with the concussion pressure all day from Washington's front seven. They're, they're starting to look like a pretty nasty defense. Um, yeah, Dan is definitely losing in that trade that so far with Carly. Uh, it's not looking good. Dalton, definitely not what we thought he might be. Yeah. I'm personally not going to call Dalton a flop just because he exited the game. It's that was a brutal headshot there. Definitely. Uh, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to call him a flop just because of that. I'm going to go with Johnu Smith, one reception mm-hmm. for nine yards. He had 1.8 points last week, 1.4 the week, this week. Any concerns? Um, just because of the tight end position, I'm going to lean towards no, actually. Uh, I think this was more of one of those things where he, he had a bad in- ankle injury the week before, was limping around, somehow magically gets cleared halfway through the week, and he's playing again this week. I think it was one of those things where maybe you should have pivoted this week. But I think going forward with what the league looks like and what his ceiling was, uh, I would temper those expectations with A.J. Brown back now. I think a lot of his early success was because Brown wasn't there as that go-to target. But I'd still probably starting him most weeks. Yeah, it's hard to find a good tight end these days, so might as well start him. But tight like end. we said with A.J. Brown, it could become a Derrick Henry game, and he could disappear. Totally. I also had a second flop candidate. It was Stephon Diggs, 6 for 48 on 11 targets. Um, he's kind of cooling off a bit. I guess it's kind of aligning with Josh Allen's cooling off a little bit. Are you concerned about Allen or, or Diggs? I don't think so. It was a weird, I feel like in that division, you get some weird inner division games. So I think with 11 targets, he's had double digit targets a lot this season. Yeah. I, I think long-term they're going to be fine. I just, I, the only thing that really made me think twice about it was it was the jets and i just thought it was a really juicy matchup but sometimes in those really juicy matchups you don't get the play in division like you're looking for didn't really have a good player for benching of the week uh like i said for pretty much either team good job guys i had malcolm brown just because obviously it was a malcolm brown week and not a daryl henderson week and you got to predict those they're pretty easy right yeah, super easy. You just like rub your crystal ball and you're like, who's going to start right this week for the... Re- oh, Malcolm Brown. And you're like, oh, plug him in. You might uh, be able to predict that. He seems to be more of the power back and against a strong front seven of Chicago. Maybe they like ooh, that match. Maybe that's it. But yeah, this game, uh, this game, I think I think it lived up to the to the game of the week. Again, two weeks in a row, we, we picked a good game of the week. Yeah, hopefully we can get another one in. But I'm sorry, Dan, I picked you last week. I mm. forget who I picked the week before, so I'm sorry who I picked this week. And I'm pretty sure I cited Colin's uh, quarterback numbers. They were solid, and that's why Colin got the W. All right, Daddy's last game here, James, 187.14. Not good enough for high score of the week. Um, it's looking good for a while. Looking good for a while, but you got everything is awfuled. Um, Matt's team 104.18 remains in first last place. <laughs> uh, player of the game. I went with the Chiefs defense. Ooh. I think it was a juicy, juicy matchup for them. But when you score 30.6, which is almost as much as your two quarterbacks, I think that's a pretty good player of the game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mahomes was. We didn't. Re- we kind of skipped over with Alex's game, but. Mahomes was a little disappointing this week, and it was all on that Chiefs defense. I was telling Kyle that morning, once the snow was hitting, I didn't expect them to have two def- or a defensive and a special teams quarterback, so I think that that, or a touchdown. So I think at that point, they didn't really need him to ball out, and he got subbed out at the end, and Chad Henney got the rushing touchdown, not Patrick yeah, not, Mahomes. Not Mahomes. I went with the players of the game, James's quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, 27 for 43, 347 and three tutters, plus 66 rushing yards and one tutter. Brady, as we talked about earlier, uh, five tutters. One was on the ground, I think. Uh, 369 yards for him as well. 
So I did a little research this week and Whoa. a little daddy research. I know you're usually the king of the numbers, but I thought I'd just dive into them. They're uh, fun. They're fun. Join me in these numbers. So these guys hit 70 points this week combined. And I was like, that's crazy. 70 points. Obviously, you're going to get the W. Um, so I, I scaled it back a little bit and looked at 50 points as a combined score for the start for starting quarterbacks in the league. And in Sky Me Daddy this year, uh, teams that score 50 plus points from the quarterback position, that's the quarterback and the super flex, are 12 and four with one of those losses coming against another 50 point quarterback scoring team. So that one doesn't really count. And another one of the 50 point losses was to the mommy ticklers, which we know is like some voodoo magic or luck or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so, yeah, if you hit that 50 point benchmark with. Uh, yeah, I think when two 50 point quarterbacks play against each other, that's basically the NFC West of matchups, right? Right. Totally. Um, yeah, you got to hit that 50 point benchmark, though, it's looking like. And then you're you're pretty much guaranteed to win flops of the game. I had uh, I had Jacobs. uh 10 rushes for 17 yards, three receptions for 14 yards. It's a tough matchup for sure against the Tampa Bay D, but it's Jacob's third fantasy game of under 10 points in Sky Me Daddy this year. They just haven't had the good matchups for running backs, it feels like. I think that, like we said, Tampa Bay has an amazing defense, even without um, Vita Vea, who swallows up the middle of that offensive line, usually with two blocks. I would go, my flop of the game, I think, is on the other side of the ball, is Mike Evans. Tom Brady scoring five touchdowns, and he gets none of them, only gets two receptions for 27 yards, and those receptions didn't come until the fourth quarter, I believe. Right, he was goose-egging for a lot of the game, right? Yeah. Jacobs and Mike Evans, like... They're on Matt's team. Uh, Matt's probably not competing much this year. So I think for future value, they look all right still. But it's a little concerning. Benching of the game. Come on, Trap Stars. Jeff Wilson, 17 for 112 and three tutters. You picked him up this week. Could have had the big balls, Pete, start of the week, Jeff Wilson, and the high score of all time in Sky Me Daddy. Come on, Trap Stars. Gotta go a little bold sometimes, and who was it? It was Sammy Watkins. That's how you get your highest score ever. Oh yeah, that's how James. you how John did it the first week of last year? Yeah, no other scores any other weeks, but you know, you gotta get that yeah. one good week from a random player. You gotta hit him while he's hot. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's hard to tell that it would be Jeff Wilson in that offense. Uh, people like obviously Alex thought it was gonna be McKinnon, but. You got a big balls peed it, man. That's how you would have known. Yeah. I thought it might be McCase D too, but and he got the play once Jeff Wilson left, so we'll yeah. see what happens next week with their running backs. It's all a mystery. I think that Jeff Wilson is definitely the biggest benching of the game. Uh, my other thought would be Curtis Samuel from Matt having a great matchup and maybe starting him over Frank Gore. Yeah. I I don't like uh I don't like starting Frank Gore any week to be honest at this point, but sometimes sometimes you do. I think he provides a good boost to your uh in your locker room, but it doesn't really boost your fantasy score. <laughs> yeah, uh, Adam Gase definitely thinks it's a big a bigger boost than it really is. Uh, yeah, despite finally getting zero goose eggs from Matt's team, nice work, Matt. James had three players, uh, Herbert, Brady, and the Chiefs defense. Those three players outscored Matt's teams 105 to 104. Sorry, Matt. Wow. Not your your year. Do you have a Big Balls Pete play of the week? Yeah, I kind of just put this in um, after reviewing all the games a little thoroughly when we just said this, but Chase Edmonds stood out to me as maybe the Big Balls play of the week. Getting Nick, helping Nick over uh, Sex Mac. Yeah. Uh, 58 yards, seven receptions, and 87 yards. And he was the backup before even Kenyon Drake went down. So to get over yeah. 15 points, I think he had 19-ish points. Yeah, I think that is that big balls people start of the week. I actually didn't see that one either. I was I was thinking maybe we didn't have one this week, but uh, yeah, it's 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 ballsy to start that second running back in that uh, in that Arizona offense. 
high score of the week and big balls play of the week. Man, Nick's living high. Yeah. Everything is awful. There's your, there's your drop, Nick. Sorry, doing mouth mouth drops. Yeah, mouth drops. Uh, do we have any big daddy moves of the week? I think Daniel made a couple of trades. He did a few trades. He got Drew Brees and Leonard Fournette in the past few days. Uh, up the roster. Daniel's traded for two quarterbacks. Is this a bad sign for Drew Brees if he's the second quarterback to be traded for? Yeah, he's a Drew Brees, as I pointed out in the chat this week, on his fourth daddy team. I texted Daniel actually the next day and was like, well, now, now thank you for taking out Drew Brees for the rest of the season so the Seahawks don't have to worry about him. <laughs> yeah, he's on more fantasy teams in the last two years than he's been on real teams in the last 20 years or ever. Totally. Uh, uh, Daniel got has gotten those two um, QBs. But he's got him only for Le'Veon Bell, Jared Cook, and a second-round pick. Is that kind of surprising to you? I I do think, obviously, we are playing in a quarterback premium league, people. But those two guys are kind of old. They're, they're this year starters and probably no more year starters. So, I don't know. I think the price might have been right. I just feel like if you're, especially if you're in Daniel's position premium position for Drew Brees. If you're on the other side, maybe you're asking for a little bit more for Daniel if he wants to try and compete this year. So I think that Daniel obviously was the bigger beneficiary in the Drew Brees trade. I'm not sure how I feel about Le'Veon Bell. And Le'Veon Bell also has future value, though. And I I think what impresses me the most is what Colin has done with Drew Brees. I thought these were really smart moves for him to go out when he needed a quarterback, got Drew Brees, but then was still able to use him for a couple weeks and then sell him once he got the Tua bump. So now he's got a third guy to put in there if he needs. So I just think I like the way that fantasy mind works there for Colin with the with, get Drew Brees when you need him and then trade him before he loses that value. It's true. Yeah, good work, how now, brown cow. <laughs> Man, those mouth drops are really coming along. Yeah. You want to do some fun stuff? You got anything yeah. that should be uh, fantasy points? Yeah, I wanted to do a little correction from, not a correction from last week, but throw out a little credit. Uh, I've been criticized on the home front. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin Carlson was a big uh, influence on the pick of celebrations. Yes. Um. Uh, we were talking about it just at Monday Night Football, and I used it, and I guess I didn't give it a shout-out, and I'm sorry. Um, our other apology is to InSync. Uh, yes, InSync is not the Backstreet Boys. I learned that this week. InSync uh, had the famous bye-bye-bye celebration that the Seahawks did. Yes. So uh, we apologize to Caitlin and InSync. Apologies, apologies to both of you, to all of you. <laughs> but my thought for fantasy points this week uh, while watching a few games is miles ridden on a sideline stationary bike. That's an interesting one. I think you always see it kind of on the sideline. If somebody gets hurt or something and you're kind of watching them, I don't think it should be a ton because you could run, you could bike miles pretty easily, but maybe half a point for every half mile, I guess a point per mile. Yeah, point per mile. Uh, I like that. Also, I think it it would help you for those games where, you know, maybe the guy's uh, coming out from it for he gets injured. He's coming out. He's totally screwing your fantasy game. You know, you started him. You're off of an injury. He gets it like he re-aggravates it. And he's like, let me hit the bike. Uh, let me see if I can go back in. And then he just kind of gives you a little bit of bump, a little bit of cushion. So you're not you're not getting so hurt by that, like early exit from the game. It'd be pretty exciting also watching the game and just being like, is he on the bike? Is he on the bike? I think you have a lot of sideline cameras on your computer or something trying to see who's on the bike and when. Yeah, totally. And my my worry is it would turn into a popularity contest, though, then at that point. If we didn't have the cameras on him, they're only going to show the player if he's like a star player on the bike, you know? I don't know if it has to be, though, when shown on TV. I think it's... Oh, okay. Yeah, so maybe we just need to get like yahoo and flea flicker and all the major fantasy things to put like little tracking chips in the players and on the bike yeah live stream on bike live live bike streams yeah 
man, fantasy football is getting so exciting. <laughs> We've got so many <laughs> fantasy points to add to everyone's team. Yeah. We're going to be scoring in the thousands soon. Uh, did T have a nifty take for us this week? Oh, T's nifty take is on defense. She just sent in her take about the defense. She says she likes her defenses like she likes her coffee. Strong. And waiting, but waiting around, getting cold on the bench until I need them for later and then have to nuke them. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> nuke them fantasy defenses. I guess you got to hold them and then whenever... Whenever they're on the bench and they seem right, just stick them right in the microwave, aka your lineup. Yep, definitely. I like it. What what crazy takes from T? T. First year takes. Uh, so I think this week we were gonna do some mid a little mid season review. We've we've officially I think hit the the fantasy football mid season halftime, if you will. Yeah, uh, the regular season, then playoffs start, and then it's, cool. shit hits the fan. Then the real game begins. Yeah. Have we ever uh, talked about how this needs to have a, like an explicit content? We swear way too much. We we really do. We'll work on that. It's gonna be perfect. <laughs> Next year we're gonna really game it up. This is the this is the trial year. You're welcome, everyone. We can say Thank whatever you. the fuck we want. Whoa. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, who's buying? Who's selling? Uh, everyone at this point's really in. In contention for a playoff spot, only three game separates second and 11th. I think kind of depends on what you're thinking on the season. Um, Matt, he's got a few strong older quarterbacks that could be sold for me, some good pieces and people that are trying to compete. Carly's got some few good young prospects. Does she think this is their window? Maybe, maybe selling Derrick Henry or some of the older players. Uh, me? Maybe. I think that you and Matt, though, have like a lot of good young players that I'm not like this is if you are selling. I think that there's a lot of guys I'm not selling on your on your yeah. guys' rosters. Uh, another one for Carly for selling. I I've, I was telling her a few days ago, I was like, man, Ben Roethlisberger, man, if you're not going to make it, this might yeah. be his this might be his highest value. Uh, ever, or, I mean, you know, left is going to be right here around the trade deadline for that guy. I guess and, when I was looking at Matt's team, that's what I thought too. The Matt Ryan, who potentially could be cut, traded from the Falcons, but this year is a good year still. Totally. And if he, if he, if he, if he's definitely lining up Trevor Lawrence or whoever, or a quarterback with that one one pick, then I do think he could probably get rid of one of the other quarterbacks. I mean, having two is kind of dangerous, but, it's it it can you can make it work. Yeah. Uh, buying anybody looking for anything? Who's buying out there? Buying. Uh, there's a few people in contention that think could maybe make some splashes. Uh, Kyle could maybe look for a new a few more running backs to beef up that lineup with Mike Davis maybe going down with Christian McCaffrey coming back. Still got Philip Lindsay that keeps getting re-injured. Not much depth there. Yeah, not a lot of depth there. I think we're all. It, I don't know if any. I, I think maybe there's two or three teams in the league that are satisfied with their running back position. I think running back is always going to be one of them hot commodities. I think uh, that's where teams could differentiate, though. I mean, is Carly competitive? Should you want to trade Derrick Henry? Someone she, else that has some random stuff. I think you'd have to pay a lot, but yeah, maybe if you could also give a lot. I think that's uh, going to differentiate, though, championships. Pay a lot, win a championship. Totally. Uh, James, wide receiver. He's been starting Cole Beasley a lot of weeks, and I looked it up after this, and I was like, oh, well, Cole Beasley's the the number 19 wide receiver on the year. That's not bad. But well, maybe he could use another guy. Uh, Cooper Cup's been very hit or miss. He's banking on Corey Davis. Juju, Jerry Judy hasn't really come through. He's got a lot of big one. promising young wide receivers, but no real studs to push him over the top. Um, we got any bubble teams, locks, Trevor Lawrence hopefuls? Uh, I think I only have two locks right now. And I think with the way your lineups are set and everything, I think you and Colin are pretty good locks right now for the playoffs. While everyone else is really on the bubble. Kyle's on a two-game losing streak. Everyone seems to be back and forth. 
not many people are stringing together winning streaks. So I think it's really who beats who coming up in the next six weeks. Yeah, I think the the race down the down the stretch is going to be epic. Uh, it's just going to be who's getting injuries, who's getting those big pickups. Yeah, let's see some more trades going out there. It's been a big trade season, so. Yeah, as we predicted, season one not so heavy on the trades. Everyone just kind of hoping their draft is still going to be what they thought it was going to be. But this season, we're just seeing the trades rolling out. It's pretty exciting. I I love it. Obviously. Yeah, it really switches up the the league, which makes it exciting. And then, yeah, Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, like we've been saying, I think it's it's in Matt Ryan's hand if uh, if the season keeps playing out this way. Yeah, the season keeps playing out this way. It looks like Nick's going to keep maybe winning with that lineup, so maybe he's not in line for another quarterback. I know he really wants another quarterback. Uh, maybe like a Jared Goff. Hmm. <laughs> Could have had him. Thank you, Nick. But also, Nick's, Nick's why you know, he got I, Justin Jefferson and Ayuk, I think, out of that trade. It was, I think it was worth it for him. Yeah, he, he has maybe the youngest and best potential team, especially the way they're scoring now. And he's got two first round picks next year. So it's looking good. Looking good. Um, Everything won't always be awful. We, we promise. Speaking of Nick's team, best waiver ad, uh, James Robinson. Obviously. Do you have a second best? I I threw out, you know, Mike Davis was a big pickup for Colin, got traded, got some trade value for him, got Breeze uh, for a guy he picked up. I thought that was pretty good. I think Fulgham is looking like he's going to be a, a, a player for for John's team and for the Eagles down the stretch. Yeah, I think my next one might be Fulgham. He seems to really have a rapport with Carson Wentz. And so I think Rest of season, maybe a future if he stays healthy, seems to have totally high uh, dynasty value. Yeah, yeah, that wide receiver room is wide open. Also, I don't know if you saw, but I got a couple of big pickups this week. I spent a lot of money, got Aguilar and Higgins. I'm hopeful for both of them to be good ads for me. They seem to maybe be a season ad. I don't know how well Higgins or who was the other one? Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, I think with Brian Edwards and Ruggs and still Waller there, I don't know how much future upside he has. Definitely. I I also I wasn't looking for future upside with them. I was mostly looking for this this year, you know, this run this year. That's fair. Yeah. Best trades? Your Kittle trade, I think, is maybe a play that pushes you over to that championship one. Uh, and then a good backup and having Sanders for a trade with Swift coming in, gave yourself some depth. Hopefully you can get healthy. Yeah. I've, I've definitely given up the most this year and I've also taken the most, uh, I didn't, didn't see a lot out of Kittle last week, but I am hoping that it will be that piece. that'll put me in contention for the championship. Like I said earlier, I like, I really like the way that Bree or Colin handled both the breeze trades, getting him when he needed him. And selling him when he wasn't when it wasn't such of a uh, a need for him, and then also I I still think the biggest trade of the year was that Hopkins Evans swap and the two second round picks for the future. I think that it's just a little too early to tell on that one. Yeah, Hopkins is up there. I don't know exactly where he is in the rankings, but he if Dan can make the playoffs, I think that Hopkins is a huge piece for him. Definitely biggest upsets of the year. Carly taking down Kyle, Nick taking me down. That was that was Nick's first win, and your uh, second loss, right? Yep. It was also Carly's first win was the one over Kyle, I'm pretty sure. Um, and Kyle was undefeated, too, at that point. So taking down some an undefeated team. Yeah. Uh, best matchups. Your game uh, week five against uh, the Manatees was pretty epic. Yeah, last second catch from Gabe Davis when Singletary and Allen were benched. All I needed was one catch, and he got it for 11 yards, pushed me over. But then on the other side, week seven, me versus John, I feel like it was a pretty big matchup too. Yeah, you got you got both ends of the of the stick, as they say. Uh, I, like back... like, I like playing exciting games. Exciting games. Uh, also, Trap Stars, Trap Stars, Trap Stars beat John 124 to 123. That was a close one. 
in our game of the week a couple of weeks ago with the with the old comes down to the kicker on Monday Night Football. A classic Monday Night Football matchup. All right. On to the Sky Me Daddy matchup of the week. We got the How Now Brown Cows versus the Trap Stars. Give me the position breakdown, Alex. Uh, we got at the QBs. I mean, after this huge week from Tom Brady and Justin Herbert, James is third in the in the quarterback position with 46.09 points per game. And Colin, uh, after trading Drew Brees, getting Tua maybe this week, is 38.5 points per game, sitting at sixth. Running back, James, number one in the league, 41.1, with big games from Gurley this season. And Colin sitting just closely behind in fourth at 36.56. Colin gets slight or a pretty big edge in receiving, though, at 47.96 points per game, sitting at fourth, and James at ninth with 36.44 points per game. Nice. Yeah, the the edge for Colin, I think, is the big in, in the wide receiver category um, is a little deceiving, especially this week with the matchups. Yeah, I think that Amari Cooper has a pretty bad matchup in Philly, but then A.J. Brown against Cincinnati, Stefan Diggs in New England, I think is a pretty good matchup, especially the way that they were just handled by San Francisco and the rumors that Stefan Gilmore is going to maybe get traded. If Gilmore gets traded, it totally changes my outlook on that. On that, But I think I'm leaning the opposite way. I think Diggs is going to get shut down by Gilmore and maybe ignored by Allen. Yeah, I just worry on the other side, though. Cooper Cup is a big question. Miami has really good secondary. Corey Davis, it's a Cincinnati game, so is that going to be uh, a Derrick Henry game? And then Cole Beasley, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Well, like I'm saying, I if it's, it, I think that might be the matchup it comes down to. Uh, I think we could see both sets of quarterbacks scoring more than that 50-point benchmark I was talking about earlier. So I think that's kind of a, a push for me in the quarterbacks. But I think it could come down to those wide receiver matchups. And does Diggs get Gilmore? And does that push more targets Cole Beasley's way? It's true. I mean, it's obviously going to go Gabe Davis's way. He's due for a yeah. big game. <laughs> Uh, I think I disagree, though. Teddy, Brid- Teddy Bridgewater against Atlanta on a Thursday night football. It sounds like it's going to be sloppy. Might just be a ground game for them. Running back-wise, I definitely am favoring James because Todd Gurley against Carolina, like you said, sloppy game. It's going to be on the ground. Ronald Jones is a big question mark with Fournette back, but they're playing the Giants, whereas Kamara's got Chicago. That's a bad matchup. That that is definitely a bad matchup. I I don't like uh I don't like that Kamara Chicago matchup much. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with James. I just think uh again I like the matchups uh, a little bit better for for James. I'm gonna say you're welcome, Colin, because I'm also going on the James side. So which oh. means Colin's probably gonna take it. But I've won both weeks, so maybe double negative. Maybe it's just gonna be however it was gonna be before we picked it. It's gonna end in a tie. I'm gonna oh a tie a fantasy tie that would be super exciting. You got the rookie watch for us this week, bud. You want to finish it up with that? Yeah, rookie watch. Uh, this is gonna be a true rookie watch because only a few of these people are around. Uh, as requested by one Daniel Peterson, these are the top five rookies that haven't scored a single point in a game this year. Oh boy. Uh, these are kind of in random orders, uh, but here we go. Uh, number one, I got James Proch. Ravens wide receiver. He was drafted in the sixth round. They've got a lot of question marks at wide receiver. Marquise Brown hasn't been too hot. Um, Mark Andrews has been a big wide or receiving option. So if he comes in maybe after the bye week, he could get some targets. Uh, Eno Benjamin, we got Kenyon Drake going down. So he does he come up the seventh round pick for Arizona? Philly, a lot of trouble at wide receiver. Sixth round pick, Quez Watkins. This might be a more future pick, a number four, but it's Isaiah Coulter, Houston wide receiver, who was picked in the fifth round. It sounded like they really liked him coming out of the draft. He is being overshadowed, though, by Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks and Stills and whoever else they have there. But they really like him. He could potentially be a good 
wide receiver option for for Houston. Uh, and then number five is more of a cor- tight end that intrigues me. Uh, his name's Tommy Stevens, seventh mm-hmm. round pick for New Orleans. They traded three picks to go up and pick Troutman, but they were also trying to sign Tommy Stevens as an undrafted free agent. Sounded like they he already had a deal with Carolina, I believe. So they traded back into the seventh round to pick him. I don't know what that means, but it's an interesting story. Yeah, I I got to be honest. I don't know who any of these guys are. So these are some deep dives. Uh, you know, Benjamin, though, sounds interesting to me, like you were saying, with uh, the Kenyon Drake injury. Always next man up at running back. You never know when one of those young guys is going to pop off. And Quez Watkins, Philly's been strapped for wide receivers all year. Why haven't we heard about this guy yet? I believe he's been on the IR a little bit. Uh, uh, he's okay, been okay. recent some injuries like classic Philly players do. Yeah. But they're pretty, I think he's coming out of like Southern Baptist or a pretty small school. Cool. So I think that he could pretend those five could at some point, maybe not this season, but dynasty wise could at some point have an impact. All right. Well, that's your rookie watch. Keep an eye and a watch on those players. Maybe they'll uh, find their way into some lineups soon. Uh, real quick before we get before we leave, uh, you got an upset this week. Yeah. So what? We're both zero and two so far, or point five and two for me. Yeah, I think I'm I'm a big zero and three. I don't even know why we do this anymore, but it's fun. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go against what I usually have picked. I picked them twice over the last three weeks. But I'm going to go the other side. I'm picking Vegas over Cleveland. I know Cleveland has their confidence back. I just think that Vegas has the weapons on offense. Their defense is all right. But at 2.5 points, I think Vegas is going to take it. I like that one a lot. I I, almost, I would have probably picked that if I hadn't seen that you'd already picked it. I think Vegas needs a win to stay relevant. Yeah. So I think that they're a little more pressured right now. Even though Chiefs, I mean, they've got... Yeah pieces yeah if they beat the chiefs i'd say that they could probably beat anyone uh i'm going with lions over colts colts are favored by three points i think this is going to be an absolute run the ball all day long very boring game but uh i like the i like that the the lions can pass it a little bit more than the colts can even with the the good d on the Colts side yeah i'm nervous about that pick though i thought about that one for a long time i just think coming off of a bye the Colts will be looking fresh and Lions barely survived with a win over Atlanta. So true, 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 true. I almost picked it, but the Colts were my favorites. Nice. All right. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, daddies. Thanks for sticking around. We love you guys. Uh, good luck in week eight, uh, except for who am I playing this week? Oh God! Does it? Oh God, Daniel, suck it, Daniel. Uh, yeah, for Alex, I'm Tyler. Thanks for joining us this week, daddies. Love you. See daddies. Bye, daddies. You, you. This goes out to you. This goes out to you. This goes out to you. You, you.